for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? You lucky team, Mr. Sam. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. Stay tuned, because it's on now. The Tom Sumner Program. This is a message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. If you are at higher risk, you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself. Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. The Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody, as we roll into uh, the second hour of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. We're going to talk about something... uh, Actually, this is going to be kind of a guilty pleasure because we're going to talk a little bit about travel and and who better to uh, savor life's journeys with than PBS's uh, award-winning Travel Scope host, Joseph Resendo, who joins me uh, by phone. Joseph, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, guys, there's hope keeping warm there in Flint. Well, it's it's gotten a little chilly, but we don't have a bunch of snow yet, like some places have. Oh, nice! nice. Um, I you know I I can't help asking Joseph if the reason you're doing this book is because you haven't been able to travel because of the pandemic. Yeah, perfect. That's a, absolutely right on. Uh, <laughs> it's a book I've been wanting to do for like twenty years. And uh, with uh, doing the PBS television show, uh, we're in our twelfth. We were in our twelfth season this year. Uh, it really has um, has not been possible. But uh, we're sitting around the house with lots of time on my hand. Uh, gave me the opportunity to finally uh, do what I've been wanting to do for a long time, which is collect. Uh, uh, the best of the stories that I wrote for many years for our uh, newsletter first, Travel Scope, our newsletter, and then it became an online a publication, which is is now at our website, travelscope.net. So that's, uh, yeah, you're exactly right. But this was uh, trying to make good use of the time. It's It's a book called Musings, The Short, Happy Pursuit of Pleasure and Other Journeys. And, uh, Joseph, um, I, this um i i wonder did you always want to do a book why not a, a highlights reel 
Well, you know, I always I always wanted to do a book because I started out as a well, I started out as an actor many many years ago, and then uh, began as a travel writer. Then was a travel writer solely for uh, a number of years, and then and then because of my acting background, uh, started a travel radio show which I did for over twenty years here in Los Angeles and around the country. So I have a radio back, background and very. Uh, very uh, have a warm always will have a warm spot in my heart radio and then uh, you know 12 years ago as I mentioned my wife and I got together uh, Julie and we put together the television show Joseph Rosendo's Travelscope so I always so it, it, I, I always was writing I was you know I was always um, doing my travel stories and I always wanted to have something that be would be a legacy really and there's nothing like a book I mean I know we have 130 uh, television shows, and that'll be there for a while, I guess. But certainly, uh, the book is, a con- and the book gave me an opportunity to not only write about travel, but to write about the journey of my life along the way. And uh, so I was able to incorporate stories about my family and traveling with my family, and and then just personal intimate tales about my family and and the experiences. Uh, the really the mild. The mileposts, the uh, the the signposts, and the, and the milestones along the way that had got me from where I began to where uh, we are now. So uh, I always wanted to kind of have that record, and I had written these stories um, in it for a column in my newsletter, public magazine called Musings, uh, because I just couldn't stop talking to people about. Uh, travel and how exciting travel was and how travel could change your life and how travel could bring people together. You possibly know that every show and every radio show I did and every television show we do, we end with a quote from Mark Twain, travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. And being a child of the 60s, I believe that we could uh, change the world by um, meeting people from other places in the world. And so I always... So the, the book became uh, an extension of travel tips, travel destination stories, but also just the tale of my own journey. And I, it became very clear when I was starting to write about my journey that it was kind of like a travel story. There was a beginning, a middle, and end. There was uh, it was heading somewhere. There was a very clear destination somewhere. Uh, and uh, there are things you pick up along the way that you can use, some souvenirs, let's say, and you, that some of them you have to leave behind as you move forward. And, and you, it's just a, a, a nice long arc of learning, and I, I hope I was able to touch on some of that. And, you know, it's, uh, some of the stories are um, – I, I, it's a combination of humorous, touching, and uh, hopefully insightful stories that people will appreciate. Was um... – when you started out as as uh, an actor, mm-hmm. um, did writing travel stories become sort of a fallback profession? No, actually, uh, I was an actor for uh, many years, and I came out to uh, Los Angeles. In fact, as a young man, to uh, to UCLA uh, to the Master of Fine Arts program in order to get the training to become uh, uh, to to succeed as an actor. And in the process of doing that, uh, which had some success, but not as much as I would have liked, I um, 
I went to Europe with the USO show. UCLA put uh, in connection with the USO. Yeah. Put on uh, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. You may remember that um, musical. It's, it's been revived a couple of times on Broadway. And, uh, and it took us to Germany for two months to entertain the troops that at that time, 1969, were on the way to Vietnam. So uh, we were, it was a very emotional and a very uh, insightful time. And, but really what turned me on was travel the, and, and being in a different culture and just being turned on by Europe turned me on to the whole um, history of Europe, all the things, good, bad, and different things that had happened there, and the different ways that in the world, and that just excited me so much that I was then stuck. I was, uh, you know, I was hooked on the on travel and just tried to do it as much as I could and I tried to figure it and I did that for about for a few years. And then I tried to figure out how can I do this for the rest of my life. And um uh I got turned on to travel writing and was able to make a career of that and that's that was kind of the beginning of it and and so that's how I got into travel writing. I had some experience writing um previously for as an actor and for plays that I directed and that kind of thing but um the the I was just completely, totally blown away by uh, the, the world and the people in it and how much we have in common with them and how much we are different and how much they have to offer us and how much we have to share. And that was an experience that uh, touched me in a way that um, yeah, I had not expected. And that drove me to becoming a travel writer and then putting in, then, then incorporating my acting training. Fine, it was good, good, good news. I was able to incorporate that into the radio show and then ultimately the television show, the PBS television show. So that's, that's kind of how it came about. And so here we are, I'm back with, you know, writing. Uh, again, or collecting the stories, and uh, it, it was an exciting experience. And particularly, what was exciting about it was the the, the personal stories that I was I, I called up, and I, I wrote some new stuff too. Uh, and to be able to reintroduce myself to my family in a way that I hadn't really taken the time to, for many many t- uh, years. And uh, by writing about them, and also basically to reintroduce myself to my younger self, and and the process of of, of maturing and, and and going through life, and th- that was was quite an adventure at the same time. So it's it's a travel story, but that's why it's called the short happy pursuit of pleasure and other journeys, because those other journeys are uh, equally as important, still connected to travel, different kind of travel. I, I, yeah, how much um, of the book is is memoir, and how much of it is uh, highlights from Travel Scope? Well, um, the the travel destination pieces, the uh, nuts and bolts tips, uh, bargaining, uh, packing, uh, uh, and then of course the destination pieces, the story on Alexandria, the story of being in the in the south of France. Uh, they all are. I would say about half the book is that kind of material. Uh, also, my take on different things that I've encountered along the way that, that reinforced uh, a, a long-term, a long-standing belief 
that we don't have a lot of time to waste here on this. And I think this pandemic we all have gone through has reemphasized us, uh, uh, re, uh, reintroduced us to that idea and, uh, and how we should, what I've learned of how to move through the world and, and, and in travel experience as well, to get the most out of that experience and how to put yourself in a situation where you're available to all that uh, the good that life has to offer and that, and you, that you don't waste a lot of time um, uh, trying to figure out what it is you need to do but, uh, but doing. And so there's, there, there are a number of stories in the book that, that highlights that, that belief. And then the other third, I would say, are directly related to experiences with my brother and my grandmother. And my, uh, my background is Cuban, and uh, we have a Christmas a celebration every year at, at New Christmas Eve called Noche Buena which is a, a cultural celebration, and, and I relate uh, one of those experiences with my grandparents who were very important to me. So it's, I would think about a third of the book is memoir, a third of the book is nuts and bolts uh, helping people uh, travel and giving them some tips, and then the rest of it is uh, destination pieces and, and, and covering those kinds of things. Well, people have been prevented this year from traveling for recreation and, and exploration. Um, now we have uh, a vaccine on the way and things look like, yes. you know, the, the end is sort of in sight. But how long before people will feel comfortable traveling again, do you think? Yeah, well, you know, it's a, always kind of personal um, choice, uh, what, how, how, what your risk avoidance level is. And um, I think that I, I'm really pleased with what the airline industry has done to try to make people feel safer. Uh, and people still need to believe that, there's, um, that they are safe. But uh, I, I believe by, I, I believe, and in fact, we have uh, arrangements to uh, go to France in April. So that may be still a little early for us here in the United States. Because uh, other countries are, you know, are hesitant to open their borders to us at this particular time, um, but I think that that's people are going to start looking towards at least planning uh, for trips after after the April May and into the summer. I I believe that will be not normal, but we will be pretty busy. The travel industry will be pretty busy in the summer and into the beginning of fall. People will start feeling uh, comfortable, more comfortable, and the vaccine will perhaps have had an opportunity to filter down to to um, not just people that are in the critical zones, but uh, others as well. And then um, the travel industry well, and all of us as travelers will feel more comfortable hitting the road. I know that there's a pent-up desire. There certainly is a pent-up uh, need uh, for us to reconnect. And um, people just in, on an individual basis needs to, need to decide for themselves what they, how to protect themselves. And there's lots of things that we can do now to protect ourselves and 
to make it the best situation as possible. Joseph, and, and I then, have to. Joseph, I have to take a break here. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk oh, some absolutely. more? Absolutely. All happy right. To. My guest is uh, the award-winning host of Travel Scope, Joseph Rosendo, and uh, we're going to have more about travel and other things right after this. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. 
Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. The Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com From Louie, Martelia Newman, from Marisha, Bertrand, <laughs> and the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program takes a look back at 2020, Monday and Tuesday, December 28th and 9th, with a two-part special called 2020 Highlights, Not Just COVID. Here, special guests provide commentary and analysis about the Mueller report, impeachment, the State of the Union, State of the State, virtual political conventions and debates, plus civil unrest, and Sheriff Chris Swanson's response to local demonstrations, and a whole lot more. Listen December 28th and 9th because there was more to 2020 than COVID-19. Stream the show from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com, repeating online all day and night. Or tune in on 92.1 FM in Flint at 9 a.m. and p.m. both nights. That's 2020 highlights, not just COVID, December 28th and 9th on the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we continue our conversation with... Uh, the award-winning Travel Scope host, Joseph Rosendo. Joseph, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Love listening to the uh, music in the breaks. Really great. <laughs> really um, great. But, you're the one. Um, <laughs> I usually apologize for making people sit through the breaks, but uh, uh, Joseph has a, uh, a new book, um, part memoir and part... Uh, travel guide, I suppose, uh, called Musings, mm-hmm. The Short Happy Pursuit of Pleasure and Other Journeys. journeys. And um, some of the highlights in uh, in that book, Joseph, um, I, I know this is a little bit like asking uh, a mother if she has a favorite child or a musician if they have a favorite song, but um, what are some of the highlights? Do you have a favorite place that you've visited in your years of hosting Travel Scope? Sure, yes. Uh, lots of favorite places. Um, I love to go to places where I'm pushed a little bit, and, uh, you know, I love, that's why I love, like, India and destinations like that, Bhutan. But uh, actually, the place I love most of all to travel to is France. I've had wonderful experiences in France uh, and throughout all of France and over the years. Um, one of the stories that are in the book is about an encounter I had in Carcassonne, which is uh, basically the castle city in the southwest of France, uh, with a gentleman uh, that kind of highlights one of my um, one of my failings, if you will, and not so much a failing, is one of my obsessions. Uh, 
uh, my my ability to always have a fear of missing out, and someone offering me some advice that I that I ended up following uh, to the detriment of some other things taking place. But it was a, a great lesson, and and it should make for a funny story. It's called El Dorado, which is a take on this the poem by by Edgar Allan Poe about seeking for that uh, that magical golden land that is just over the next rides. And you just keep going, you'll find it. Of course, it's really right where you are. And that's kind of the, the theme of that story. And then I've, I have a piece on uh, Alexandria and the experience I had in Alexandria. All of the, all of the stories, rather than telling you where you go to the hotel and what restaurant you should dine at, it, they're mentioned in the stories. But basically, it's about the experience, and mostly it's about the experience, if not totally, about the experience with people, because no matter where you go, they are the best things happening. Beyond the Eiffel Tower and the Arc de Triomphe and, you know, the Great Wall of China, those are wonderful things to see and check off your, you know, your bucket list. But people and the relationship with people and our interactions with people and the adventures that happen when you keep yourself open to other people on your travels and you know that includes travels in the united states uh those are the rich moments you know i'm glad you brought that up joseph because uh, you know a lot of us when we first think of traveling especially abroad we do think of you know those those historic places you know the seven right. wonders the pyramids and um, sure. as you mentioned the Eiffel Tower and you know I'm sure uh, a lot of people would love to see uh, Buckingham Palace and and you know there are all these places but um, but it really is the people that make the experience now that's what you'll remember. I mean, yeah, you everybody. And listen, they're they're tourist attractions because they are important things to to see and to take in and to uh, ponder. Uh, in many cases, like the Great Wall of China, uh, but, um, but still, it's always connected to the people, and and the, that's what basically drives the book. That's what drives our our PBS television show, which I I I know you your your listeners can can see throughout Michigan because we're all sure. throughout Michigan. Uh, PBS stations. Uh, that's really what drives the book is, and and the and the show is our, my my interactions with people. They're all you know. Yes, the destinations there, and you see beautiful scenery, and you see, and you'll and I'll be in in wonderful recognizable landmarks at, behind me. But the interaction that's happening in the marketplace, at the cafe, uh, walking down the street, uh, the, uh, on a hike with you with human beings is what is foremost in, of, of, of interest to me, one, and uh, highlighted in the book. And, and the idea being that if we keep ourselves open to uh, the people around us and the experiences that are connected to them, and if we, put, if we do the things we can to make those things possible, we will have a richer uh, travel experience for sure and probably a richer life along the way too, I think. Yeah. Joseph, what about language barriers? Do you speak several languages, or do you always use interpreters? How do you deal with that part of it? Well, you know, for the show, when we're on a shoot for Joseph Rosendo's Travel Scope, the PBS show, uh, we, um, we have people who work, we're working with who are helping us along the way, and, and particularly in the Asian countries, for me, that is, that, that is a necessity. Uh, I do speak 
petit peu. They say a little bit of French, and I speak Spanish with my background, and uh, and so I, I do pretty well in Spanish-speaking countries too. But uh, we can all learn certain words. We grab your phrase book, take your lesson, your language class. Uh, there are millions of them online, by the way, for free, where you can brush up as you get ready to go to a foreign destination and learn how to say, oh, learn how to say thank you, learn how to say please, learn how to say excuse me, and learn how to say how much does it cost. <laughs> and even <laughs> if you have a few of those words, uh, it is people will light up. If you try, if you come in and you don't even make the attempt, it's better to make the attempt and fail than to not even make the attempt because you'll win over the people you talk to or you approach by just making an attempt to know their language. Everybody loves to talk about themselves and everybody loves the fact that you're interested in them. If you show no interest in them, then they have no interest in you. And that's kind of, that's kind of fair as far as I'm concerned. So uh, making it, and it's easy to do. It's easy to do. It's easy to learn bonjour or buenos dias and to say, you know, gracias and por favor, if, you know, in Spanish and whatever language, in whatever language, it's she she and Chinese. I'm terrible. My pronunciation is terrible with uh, the Chinese language. We've done many shows on Taiwan, for instance. I'm always having somebody at my elbow telling me, what is the correct way to pronounce this? No matter how I pronounce it, it always turns out I never pronounce it right. <laughs> but at least I'm trying. And that's, you know, and I don't hide that in the show. I don't need to be perfect because none of us are perfect. The, the, uh, the message is try, reach out, open up, uh, be there, and have the experience. And that's, you know, that's, where, that's what the book hopefully is, is promoting, and that's what we try to promote on our, our television show. And uh, if you, if you don't, my, I'd like to tell people how to, to get the book. I know you're, you're, you're on limited time. I'd like to tell the people how to get the book and where to get it. No, I always... I, I, I always uh provide that opportunity as we get close to the end joseph i'll make sure that people know how they can find out more about you about the book and uh, fabulous and all of that um but i I was just going to comment as you were talking about uh chinese for example there are many languages that are tricky because they're a little sing-songy and yeah, you exactly. could you could have the word, but maybe not the pitch or the inflections that you know um, help make it uh, correct. And, and yes, exactly. That can that can be uh, that could be very tricky, I would think. Um, yeah, that and you got to be careful what you're saying. <laughs> well, you yeah, know, just by just by the inflection, the way you change the inflection, you might be saying something that. People won't be so happy to have you <laughs> try to attempt. So, particularly, yes, I've, I've learned that through my travels in Taiwan and China. I've been in China and, and other, and, and it is in the fiction. And so you do need a little coaxing. Uh, in, but, you know, people basically, they understand you're not a native speaker. They understand you're a traveler, and, and some of them find that amusing. And, you know, and in some ways, you might, uh, they, they may, may even like you better and, and warm up to you even quicker because you've tried and, and didn't do it 
right, but it, and it's kind of funny to them how you said it. Uh, but the fact that you even try means so much to people, and, and that, that's, that's that. I think that's that's what's important is that we try. There's a funny uh, Monty Python sketch where a, a guy is using a phrase book, but he's just picking all the wrong phrases for every circumstance. And and we see that a lot in television and movies, uh, you know, that that the use of a phrase book becomes a comic device. But do you think um, that that really is helpful? And and does it show people that you're at least trying? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I've, I've and I've made mistakes in in, in my travels too. <laughs> I remember one very uh, very very clearly is I walked into we walked into a French uh, cafe and I, and I was wanting to you know it was crowded and things and I was and I walked in like I might here in the United States and say uh, can we seat ourselves or you know is, is it all right if I sit there and that's where I started. It's all right if I place myself here. And the, the, the gentleman, the owner, turned to me and he said, uh, perhaps bonjour first. <laughs> and he was, he, was put, you know, he was letting me know. Why not, when you walk in the door, why not a bonjour before you start asking me? Right. Are you still there, uh, Joseph? Looks like uh, looks like I lost Joseph. Well, maybe he'll call me back. I'm talking with Joseph Rosendo. He is the award-winning host of PBS's uh, Joseph Rosendo's uh, Travel Scope, and he has a new book. It's called Musings, The Short Happy Pursuit of Pleasure and Other Journeys. It's part uh, uh, memoir and part travel tip and uh, part... Uh, travel guide actually and and uh, highlights from his experiences with travel and uh, hopefully he'll he'll try to call me back here and uh, reconnect uh and, and there he is hi joseph hi i don't know how we got disconnected but... all right well stand by And we'll get him connected back up here in just a moment. There we go. There, Joseph. Welcome back. Sorry, I, I don't know what happened, but uh, I don't either. But thanks for uh, thanks for calling back. Um, Absolutely. So as I was saying, you know, that was a, an example of how much it means to people that you try. I forgot that day because I just always worried about where I was going to sit. And, uh, and, and the gentleman in the restaurant made a point of pointing it out to me very nicely, but he did say, hey, how about bonjour? How about good day first before you rush on in? And, you know, and, and I love the, uh, the, uh, the tradition and the custom in Thailand where they why you, which is basically put their hands together and bow to you. When you walk into a shop, it happens all, all everywhere. The first thing they do is they bow to you when you come into the shop. So then you start doing it. And it forces you to make that connection with people first. There's a person here in front of you. This isn't about just where you're sitting or what you're buying or what you're, you know, what you're, what, what you're wanting to do. It's, you need to recognize the other person. And that's what 
travel does. It opens your eyes because it's, and especially foreign travel, because it's different than what you know. So you, your eyes are open and you're more aware. Joseph, is it a good idea to read up a little bit and, and sort of get a, a, at least a basic understanding of some customs and uh, traditions, protocols, if you will, before traveling to uh, a different country? Absolutely, Tom. Very, very, very smart comment, because that, that is one of the ways to open those doors. And certainly, that's one of the ways not to close the door, by doing something that you inadvertently didn't mean, or by offending people uh, without knowing it. And yes, of course, uh, we have so, so, there's so much more information than there was 20 years ago. We used to have our guidebooks, you know, my, my favorite were Lonely Planet and Rough Guides and DK Eyewitness Travel Guides, and I would carry a whole boatload of books with me. Well, now you get so much information is on your phone and at your disposal through the Internet that it, for, for, you, for someone to go on a foreign trip and not have done any research, and there's a joy in the research of learning about what you're going to see and knowing the background. I mean, maybe you won't have a guide every place. Of course, there are people there that can teach you, and you can purchase a tour or whatever, and, and you can get some background. But, but it's, there's so much joy in preparation. Part of the joy of traveling is preparing for the travel experience, is, is making the arrangements, not necessarily getting your tickets and you know, getting your hotel room. Not, maybe that's not much, much fun for most people. Learning about the destination, learning about the things you're seeing, learning about, I mean, you know, people think, oh, the Eiffel Tower, let's go take a look at the Eiffel Tower. Well, how about if you knew something about the Eiffel Tower or, or these landmarks or the Great Wall of China, the history behind it? So it enriches your experience so much. And we have so much information at our fingertips these days. It, it's kind of a, a shame if you don't do some work. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of work, but you're making an investment. These, uh, especially foreign travel, is not inexpensive. And for some people, it's maybe a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Well, then we need to prepare for that once-in-a-lifetime experience. It's not just a matter of jumping on a plane and landing somewhere and expecting the world to give to us. We need to be the other half of the equation. We need to be prepared, and we need to participate. And, I mean, if we want to get the biggest bang for our buck, that's, I think, the way you need to do it. You know, for, for most of us, I know when I was a kid, uh, I, you know, I always imagined seeing the pyramid, uh, the Parthenon. There were these, these old historical places. But are there some new places when, when people can, can start to move about more that are um, of interest or maybe becoming popular uh, destinations uh, besides the old standards? Oh, yes, yeah, sure. There's, there's always new, new places that, that are, uh, are popping up that, be, that are becoming popular. I mean, that's one of, the, uh, one of the sore points of being a travel writer is your job is to go to these places that maybe people haven't discovered yet and then basically write about it so that people, a lot of people can come and then ruin it. So that is real. That's one of our dilemmas as a travel writer. How do you, you know, introduce people to things without ruining it? And because there are many destinations around the world I could think of 
which were at one time pristine and quiet, and you know now they're overrun and not so wonderful. But there's always new places cropping up, and it takes a little bit of once again a little bit of reading. There are travel magazines, the travel sections of our newspapers, uh, certainly uh, travel television shows like Joseph Rosendo's Travel Scope <laughs> uh, that that can turn you on to places you haven't thought of. Bhutan is such a it's a little bit difficult to get to. I mean, it's they limit the amount of time you can actually be in the country, but it is a, an amazing life-changing experience. And people who are travelers are at that place in their life where they've seen uh, Europe, let's say, and they want to expand themselves a bit. Places like in Asia, it offers a wealth of, of wonderful opportunities. I mean, Taiwan, I mentioned that. We've done nine shows on Taiwan, and wow. the first time I went to do a show, I really wondered what I was going to do. I really thought, well, you see, there's Taipei, and there's Taipei 101, the, that time the tallest building in the world. Uh, you, know, you know, what's here? Well, I've found enough there to do nine shows on that island. It's an island with islands and with mountains, with a mini Grand Canyon uh, where the stone is marble. Uh, every place, these places, they're kind of not a little bit off of our, our beaten, our ideas of where we should go. Um, yeah, they, they are, they're out there, lots of them, uh, uh, wonderful experiences in Fiji, if people looking for a beach kind of destination, Fiji is a wonderful uh, cultural place to go and have that kind of experience. Certainly, you mentioned some of the highlights of, the, I mean, wonders of the world, the pyramids, the Giza, sure. you know, the, you know, and of course, and some of the other, the Buckingham Palace and these, these landmarks. Yeah, those are those are nice to see, but you know they're they're like they're like little tastes. They're like little uh, appetizers for the experience. So, and and if we go just for those, we get satisfied pretty quickly, and they're easily and they'll satisfy you very easily. I mean, they're beautiful to watch and they, and you know, look at and they're, and, they're, and they're monumental in that way, but. <laughs> it's the experiences that run underneath them that really make make the trip for you and make the make make it special. Yeah, that reminds me of that uh, that scene with Chevy Chase in the movie Vacation, where he pulls the station wagon over by the Grand Canyon, walks up to the edge, looks over the side, and then says, "Okay, let's go." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and actually, that. Con- that scene is based in fact. You know how long people, the majority of the people, take looking at the, at the Grand Canyon? People come all the way to the Grand Canyon and spend 15 minutes. That's the, yeah. the, that's the Park Service gave me that information. The average time people spend looking at the Grand Canyon is 15 minutes. That's funny. This is, this is one of the wonders of the world. But if you want to, do a, you want to have a different experience with the Grand Canyon, you get on a river rafting trip. And you go through the Grand Canyon on the Colorado River. That's an amazing experience. And it takes five, six, seven, a week. I was on the river for 13 days. You get a whole different view on it. And, and yes, you can, 15 minutes, a lot of people do that. I see them everywhere I go. You know, Great Wall of China, let's take a picture, drive, drive three hours to get to the Great Wall of China, get out, take a few pictures, get back in, 
don't walk on it, don't go up, don't, you know, don't do any of that. Just get back in the bus and go back to uh, Beijing. Joseph, uh, I, I promised that as we got to the end, and we're very close, that okay. I would make sure that you were able to share if you have a website or oh, how, absolutely. how people can find out more about you, the book, and uh, everything that you're involved in. Well, thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciate it. Yeah, people can go to our website, travelscope.net, and the information is there on our book, and they can listen to our podcast for free, uh, my podcast, my, uh, read the blogs, uh, the online magazine, Travelscope, which many of the stories were pulled up, pulled from in the past, uh, past stories. Uh, that's all on there. So Travelscope.net is a great resource. If people are specifically interested in musings, uh, short, happy, pursuit of pleasure, and other journeys, they can get them on Amazon as uh, paperback. Joseph. Or, uh, Hello also there, on Darkwing Ducky. Thanks, Joseph. Every time I'm in Thank you. fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck up. We want to say hello, we want to see you smile, we'd like to sing some good old Christmas songs. With songs about Osetta and his reindeer sleigh, and gee, I just can't wait until it's Christmas Day. We're gonna set you wise, we love to harmonize, and if we had our way, we'd never stop. We'll say hello, we'll see you smile, and we'll sing some good old Christmas songs. We'll say hello, we'll see you smile, and we'll sing some good old Christmas Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. Imagine a journey down a picturesque riverway. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, 
CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hi, this is Tom Bodet from Manger 6. We know you've been traveling a lot this holiday season and you've probably been told there's no room at the end. Well, that's just not the case here at Manger 6. Why, for just 29 drachma, we'll put you up in a warm, comfortable stable with plenty of fresh milk for the newborn. There's even individual stalls for your mules, camels, or whatever you happen to be driving across the desert. And in case unexpected visitors decide to drop in on you, shepherds, wise men, holy ghosts, it's not a problem at Manger 6. There's plenty of frankincense and myrrh to go around. This is Tom Bodette from Manger 6 reminding you, there's always room at this inn. We'll even leave a star out for you. of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. And now, here is a magnificent recording made in the Y Valley of an ordinary travel agent's office. Note the huge-breasted typist in the background. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Um, do you want to come upstairs? I beg your pardon? Do you want to come upstairs? Oh, or have you come to arrange a holiday? Uh, to, to arrange a holiday? <gasps> Sorry. What's all this about coming upstairs? Oh, nothing, nothing. Now, where were you thinking of going? India. Ah, one of our adventure holidays. Yes. Well, you better see Mr. Bounder about that. Um, Mr. Bounder, this gentleman is interested in the India overland. Morning, I'm Bounder of Adventure. Hello, I'm Smoke Too Much. Well, you'd better cut down a little then. I'm sorry? You'd better cut down a little then. Oh, I see. Smoke Too Much, so I'd better cut down a little then. Yes. That's meant to get people making jokes about your name all the time, eh? No, I've never noticed it before. So you're interested in one of our adventure holidays, are you? Yes, I saw your advert in the Bala Supplement. The what? The Bala Supplement. The colour supplement? Yes, I'm sorry, I can't say the letter B. C? Yes, that's right. It's all due to a trauma I suffered when I was a schoolboy. I was attacked by a bat. A cat? No, a bat. Oh, well, can you say the letter K? Oh, yes. Khaki, Kind, Kettle, Kipling, Kipper, Kuwait, Keeble, Bollage, Oxford. Yes, yes. Well, why don't you use the letter K instead of the letter C? What? Spell Bala with a K? Yes. Colour. Oh, thank you. I never thought of that. What a silly bunt. Anyway, about the holiday. Well, yes, I've been on package tours many times, and so your advert really bought my eye. Oh, good. Yes, you're quite right. I'm fed up with being treated like a sheep. I mean, what's the point of going abroad if you're just another tourist yes. carted round in buses surrounded by sweaty, mindless hosts from Ketchard and Boventry and their cloth caps and yeah. their cardigans mm. with their transistor radios and their Sunday mirrors complaining about the tea. Oh, they don't yeah. make it properly here, do yeah. they? Not like at home. And mm. stopping at Majorcan Bodegas selling fish and chips and Watney's Red Barrel and calamaris and two veg 
stage and yeah. sitting in their cotton sun frocks, squirting Timothy White sun cream all over their puffy, raw, swollen, purulent flesh because yes. they overdid it on the first day. And being herded into endless hotel Miramars and Bellevues and Bontinentals yeah. with their yeah. modern international mm. luxury mm. roomettes and draft red barrel and swimming pools yeah. full of fat German yeah. businessmen pretending they're acrobats, yeah. forming pyramids and frightening the children and barging yeah. in the queues. And if you're not at your table spot on seven, you miss the bowl of Campbell's cream and mushroom soup, Shut the up. first item on the menu of international cuisine. And up, every Thursday night, the hotel has a bloody cabaret in the bar featuring a tiny emaciated Dago with nine-inch hips and some bloated fat tart with their air brill cream down and a big-ass presented flamenco for foreigners. And had an idle typist from Birmingham with flabby white legs and diarrhoea trying to pick up hairy, bandy-legged wop waiters for Manuel. And once a week, there's an excursion to the local Roman ruins to buy cherry aid and melted ice cream and bleeding what in his red barrel. And one evening, you visit the so-called typical restaurant with local colour and atmosphere. And you sit next to a party of people from Rilu who keep singing Taray Malinos, Taray Malinos, and complaining about the food. It's so greasy here, isn't it? And you get cornered by some drunken greengrocer from Luton with an instamatic and Dr. Skull sandals and Tuesday's Daily Express. And he drones on and on and on about how Mr. Smith shall be running this country and how many languages Enoch Powell can speak. And then he throws up all over the Cuba Libras and sending tinted postcards of places they don't realise they haven't visited to all at number 22. Weather wonderful, Arthur and Mark with the next food, very greasy, but we found a charming little local place hidden away in the back streets where they serve Watney's red barrel and cheese and onion fizz and the important place maybe it's because I'm a This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner programme.
that rooftop. You ain't got no ID. Well, you're gonna have to come along with me. Christmas is sure to fail. Santa is stuck in jail. Miss Claus freak and the elves are on the street trying to raise money for bail. Christmas is sure to fail. If we can't get Santa out of jail. So they took him to the judge in the middle of the night. And the judge said, yeah, I think you're nuts, all right. But I'll give you one chance to prove me wrong. Make me believe you're the real Santa Claus. And if you can do that right, well, I'll let you sleep it off at home tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Santa hunkered down low. And he put his finger on the side of his nose. And he started humming Christmas carols real low. He said, when you were five years old, your name was Greg. You left me milk and cookies and a note that said, Dear Santa, all I really want is a puppy. I love him forever and I'll name him Buddy. And so you did for 15 years till Buddy passed away and you cried many tears and you lost your faith like so many do. But I got a little something to tell you that's true. The love you give never really goes away and it all comes back on Christmas Day. So here's a little something that I want to give to you. And Santa handed him a puppy named Buddy Jr. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.